Hello guys, today our guest is Marie Boss from M&H Advisory and Investment. Marie specializes in impact assessment, especially for early stage startups. From this episode, you're gonna learn why impact assessment is important, how to do it and when. We also talk about a long-term sustainability strategy that comes after. Enjoy the show. Hello guys, welcome back to Founding Impact. Uh, welcome to our new studio, our newest guest, Marie Boss from MNH uh, Advisory and Investment. Hey Marie, really cool to have you here. Hi guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, likewise. likewise. Um, before we jump into our very interesting topic, very hot topic uh, on time, which is LS LSCA in assessment and sustainability in startups, I would like you, for you to share a part of your story. Actually, what led you to this impact uh, area and what, made, what, what motivates you uh, to, to follow? I have to admit it's been a bit of a long road. Uh, unfortunately, I'm someone who's interested in a few too many things and it took me a long time to realize that this is where my, my real interest was. So I tried quite a few things. Um, I first, of course, had a very traditional corporate life uh, with a corporate career in consulting. I spent quite a few years as a politi political risk consultant and then also in public affairs. And I mean, I can't complain. I've had uh, fantastic um, opportunities. I worked with uh, great companies like Old Bright Stonebridge Group, which um, is an international consultancy that was set up by former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. I think maybe your audience is a little too young to remember her. <laughs> I think um, it rings a bell. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've been incredibly fortunate. I've had really amazing experiences, most of that in the UAE. But there was always this this feeling that I wanted to do something good, that I wanted to, to give something back. Um, and I tried a few things uh, throughout the years. Um, well, at first I did a master's in development studies uh, with the aim of going into humanitarian work. Um, that didn't really happen, even though I spent a bit of time at the UNDP. Then I volunteered for a shelter for trafficked women and, and kids in the UAE, which was incredible work. Um, but it was just not really quite taking shape. And then real, the real shift happened when um, I had children and then I started thinking a little bit more about, you know, our health in general and our future. And I trained to become an Ayurveda therapist. So Ayurveda is a traditional Indian medicine um, and it sort of opened my eyes entirely to what we were doing to our body, to our environment. And that's when it was just, it became obvious that I had to change uh, quite a lot of things. Um, luckily for me, my husband was on board. <laughs> that can be a problem. <laughs> so first we, uh, we changed a lot. Um, well, we changed our lifestyles entirely. Um, we left the UAE and we moved to Berlin uh, four years ago now. And then now we're finally able, we're able to pivot into uh, the world of impact investing and sustainability consulting. Um, and finally, I feel like like I said, it's been a long road, but and I'd certainly I've, I haven't arrived, but I'm finally on the right path. Let's put it this way. I really like how diverse is your background from political uh, crisis <laughs> advisor into Ayurveda um, specialist. That's I can imagine how in, like how useful this could be in uh, your uh, current activities, right? Yeah, I think it is in the sense that um, uh, I mean, together uh, with Harold, we have a, a pretty uh, like the Germans would say um, a sort of like a writer claviatur um, we we have quite a, a range of skills and I think particularly when your aim is to support others to do great things it actually is quite helpful because you do you're able to adapt you're able to think out of the box and you're able to pull on these different experiences 
Um, and yeah, it produced some some pretty cool results, I have to say, and it's it's a lot of fun as well. I would like to ask maybe a follow up question to to your story. So you mentioned uh, you, at some point you realized you you wanted to to do something good. Was it uh, before your career started in in, in the corporate war world, or uh, was is it was more of like being in the corporate and then saying okay, it's it's not it. I, I need to look for something else. No, it was always there. Definitely. Okay. I mean, uh, that's also, uh, I did study development studies because I thought this is what I wanted to go into. Um, it was always there. Uh, I just couldn't figure out how to bring it into my life in a way that I would have a balance between, um, you know, obviously having to make a living and um, uh, the excitement. I mean, the corporate world, especially at the beginning is is exciting. You learn a lot. It's very challenging. Um, but I was also a great way to learn a lot about myself going through that. So it's been a process. <laughs> I also very like the part that uh, you, you had the constant support of your husband because my story yeah. is exactly the same. So my husband also supports me. So I think I appreciate how much that actually brings to the like understanding of the path that you want to get in, like to have someone to, to talk about it and be together because now uh, you together yeah. with him are are part of it. Yeah. Age, right? No, and it's the funny thing is when we met, we were we started at opposite end of the of the spectrum. I mean, he was in a completely different field and it seemed so irreconcilable but in the end um i don't know somehow we made it work and, <laughs> and it's really it's um yeah we, we really enjoy it um okay so you enjoy working together with him that's, yeah that's yeah cool. definitely i mean it has its challenges <laughs> yeah, i'm not gonna claim i'm not gonna pretend that it's yeah. uh, easy every day but i think it's not easy with uh, any partner to be honest i think when you build a business with somebody um, it is a it is another form of uh, of partnership and marriage. So um, I mean, we're doing quite well um, <laughs> on the personal side. So why not try to s if it works professionally? And it does. So yeah, I, I'm really curious because uh, me and my husband we we said at one point like we're never gonna work together. You one we company. We said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Now we work in the same space, so we that, and that is pretty cool. Because you wait for it. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> in the future. Right now we're happy being like next to each other, but doing different things. Yeah. Marie, we ask you to join us today, uh, mainly to talk about impact, uh, Im measuring impact, uh, especially in a context of, of like pre-seed, seed stage uh, startups. But I think probably the, the best way to open up the conversation is maybe to focus on impact itself. If, if, if we could uh, talk a little bit about what it actually is and uh, how do you how do you see it? Yeah, it's a great question, Mancha. Thank you. Um, I think you know everybody understands what impact means it had you know having a strong effect on the outside world um on you know things around you that's something that everybody understands but uh, what does it mean to be an impact startup that's actually a question that we get quite a lot um and um it's i think for us what really um what really makes it a difference is when startups bring the concept well have the intention of having an impact from the get-go and build that into their business model, their product, and the way they run the company. So I'll give you an example. Um, a startup that is going to produce a really innovative, I don't know, a really funky t-shirt, for example, um, and uses organic uh, cotton and says that they have an impact because for every t-shirt they sell, they plant a tree. That is not an impact startup for us uh, or an impact company. Um, an impact com a startup is someone who is a company that is really uh, trying to um, find a solution to an existing problem in an innovative way and is really in intending to improve the situation, whether it's on the environmental front or on the social front, um, because obviously both aspects are really important. 
So we are talking about all of these amazing startups out there that will, for example, take waste and turn it into a new material that is biodegradable. That is an impact startup. Um, this is where, for us, this is where we see the difference. I don't know how, I mean, you, you also, very, you know this sphere very, very well. I don't yeah. know um, what your definition is. I mean, impact can be quite subjective. Uh, that's, there's this element, 100%. Um, but at the same time, for us, we find it quite easy to draw the line. I don't know how you go about it, but um. yeah, I think we also come across quite often this uh, misunderstanding of if the startup is impactful or just sustainable in the operations. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's first like uh, problem that we are facing, and quite often we have to explain like, okay, you run your company in a very sustainable way, like your operations are are set in a way that you don't I don't know create additional emissions. That's great that's for you, great. but that's not really impactful mm -hmm. or the impact that we're looking for. But uh, from what you said, what caught my attention, and it's something that I'm asking myself often quite, um, is the innovation part. Mm -hmm. So uh, would, it, would you say that the innovation part is really necessary and how would you define the innovation in terms of the impact? For example, like... Um, a very important topic of um, me, um, the diary, for example, and the emissions collect, uh, connected to it. And there are like five companies producing oat milk mm -hmm. and then the sec sixth one is coming. Is it an impact startup or, or not? Because it's not really innovative mm -hmm. because the, the, you know, the process is already set and there are companies proving that. Would you say that's an impact startup? Well, you're going to put me in trouble with a lot <laughs> of companies out there now. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a hot topic as well. Um, I, look, I think um, it. Um, I think there's the 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 space to have to make an impact is is still very very big. Unfortunately, we still have a long way to go when it comes to um, having sufficient companies that are um, thinking about their environmental and their social impact. Um, so, frankly, I'd rather see another uh, startup that is coming up with an oat-based um, uh, drink um, than you know another dating app. Um, so, you know, I think. Um, it's uh, I, I wouldn't want to blame them for their lack of innovation. I do think they're trying to make a difference. Um, and then it's a case of, uh, yeah, at what point do you call something, is it still innovative when five other people are doing it? Probably not. However, it doesn't mean that they're going to have less impact for it. As long as the market is there, the customers are there, uh, and then they attract also employees who have the, uh, you know, the desire to make a difference, then you know, I wouldn't call them um, unimpactful. Yeah, from my perspective, it's it's more of a, do we need more players doing the same to cover different markets to for different geographies, or um, is it already pretty crowded and putting more money uh, and pouring them into all those uh, all those initiatives? It doesn't really change anything. So, or maybe just the existing companies would be able to cover more or less in the same time. Um, uh, the the change that is happening in the specific industry. Mm -hmm. That would be my take on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, then I mean, this is then more of an investor's point of view and perspective is, well, then doesn't it make more sense to invest in the existing startup rather than again have another one start from scratch and yep. diluting that impact aspect. Um, that is another way to look at it. But yep. yeah, I agree with you. I would even say that some investors, um, they use the term of like um, supporting only under... Uh, invested uh, mm -hmm. uh, areas and this is also like one of the criteria that they have mm -hmm. yeah yeah cool so uh since we know what what we mean by impact so social environmental things and something that it's deeply embedded in the business model and not just something on the side which is 
let's say, offsetting some some sort of behaviors mm-hmm. of the organization. What's usually very difficult for also for us as, as uh, pre-seed investors is um, knowing what sh- what kind of expectations we should have towards uh, our potential investment targets when it comes to those startups having a plan and, a ha- and an impact hypothesis. Mm-hmm. So should they already have some measurements of of the uh, of the potential scale of, of the impact that they could have, or maybe simply stating that this is more or less the vision is is enough? I would be very curious to learn more about your uh, your take on it. Yeah. So I mean, uh, to be honest, we come from the same. Uh, uh, we look at it in the same way. Since uh, with M and H, we also do uh, in investments much smaller and much uh, less diverse than you guys are doing. But nevertheless, we are also um, um, uh, acting as uh, business angels, and we focus on on environmental and social startups. And we ask ourselves the same question: What can we expect from the companies that we want to invest in? Um, we are very obviously conscious of the limitations that a pre-seed or seed startup have um, when thinking about you know all of this extra work around measuring uh, impact um, and uh, the f- already you know strapped for cash, strapped for time. It's complicated to expect to have high expectations for them um, when it comes to these sort of exercises. At the same time, I think I really encourage more and more companies to at least begin to think about it. For two reasons, two very important reasons. Um, the regulations are changing. Um, investors are being forced to think about the quality of their investment and um, what that does to uh, the environment. So there's this some this lovely thing called EU taxonomy that is making every uh, fina- uh, financial um, entity now in Europe um, re- at least report on how green their investments are. I think startups that are already in a position to show um, an, a level of um, uh, well sufficient or well, robust enough numbers that they can convince investors and make that decision that much easier for them. That's a real that's a real advantage. And it's not just uh, uh, VCs by now; angels as well. More and more are asking to see that there are more and more people out there who really want to use that extra bit of cash to make a difference. So, I, on the one hand, I understand the burden on the startups. But on the other, I seriously encourage them to think about it. And there's not, I think, conscious of the limitations. There are ways you can do it that that are not too uh, complicated and that are not too time con- uh, um, intensive or money intensive. Um, so one simple thing you can do is an LCA, is a life cycle assessment. Um, we do do that as, as well for some startups. Um, and I think if you're lucky to find... Um, People like us uh, who understand the startup world, and you know, you can you can maybe make some um, you can uh, you can uh, agree on some terms. So uh, we understand the limitations for cash. So, for example, um, we do we do the life cycle assessment that might validate the business model. And a life cycle assessment is what is essentially we're using a tool um, to um, create a model that assesses the, cu- the, the environmental footprint of a specific product. So we look at the life of that product from um, production all the way to end of life. And we understand, we, we calculate the impact it has on the environment. So it's CO2 emissions, but it can be land use, it can be water pollution, um, all of this. Um, and then, you know, if this is what helps you to get to your next funding round, then, you know, we will, we will agree to different, to deferred payment terms, for example. And, 
I don't know if many people out there do it, but we want to do this because we really think it's important for startups to really have in their hands all of the, um, uh, I mean, essentially all of the ammunition they need to go and face um, the, the, the investors so that they really have a chance to continue and really have that impact that they want to, they want to, um, they, they're striving to, to reach. But agreed that this is not easy. And there are um, also there are tools online that startups can use and they could come up with uh, some of their own measurements. I would ad advise them to keep it simple um, and to pick just one or two topics. So for example, CO2 emissions, reduction of plastic, when you look only at environmental, don't forget social, diversity in the leadership team, for example, these sort of things are very important as well. And just keep, start, you know, collecting a bit of data and start documenting this. If anything, just to, um, to have, to make sure that you're in the best position possible to have conversation with your investors, but also with your future employees, because your future hangs in the quality of the people that you're going to hire. And they will want to see some of that. Like uh, I have only one comment to that is finally it's happening, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but since you already started um, uh, the topic of advising, so mm -hmm. um, let's put uh, us uh, or, or let's uh, let's look at uh, the person that is uh, founding a startup, early stage, has some product. What is required in the first stage to even start thinking about doing LCA? Um, what steps needs to be taken? Uh, when is the good time actually to to, to do such? Well, I'm going to give you a bit of a politician answer, but it depends, obviously. <laughs> uh, it depends on the startup, it depends on, on the product, uh, and it depends on, um, uh, obviously, the financing rounds that are coming. Um, but essentially, I'd, I'd, the earlier, the better, um, especially uh, if you still... If you're still not 100% sure that the business the, the business model is as promising as it sounds, so it's one of those things where you made you made a high level assumption that, for example, removing plastic from um, from a uh, grocery store it's going to have a positive impact, but you know you really need to to look at your enti the entirety of your operations. Is it really the case if you start shipping things around? Is it really uh, uh, is removing plastic the answer? Or is the transport going to have such a high impact that all of a sudden, well, maybe this wasn't the, the best of ideas. Um, so if, you if you're in a position to validate that sooner rather than later, this is only going to make you stronger, um, that's for sure. Um, but um, otherwise, yeah, in terms of how do you start, um, you start by collecting data. And that's the tricky part. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to I would like to clarify one thing. Mm -hmm. um, at, at the beginning, you said you make the LCA of a product, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, as of now, you said it's you need to think about it a bit more broadly, like what the business does. So typically, when you do the assessment, you focus on the product because this is like the core of what the company does, mm -hmm. or you already start thinking about the company as a whole. So because. Uh, you can start with the product and because when you do a life cycle assessment, you look, you look at the entire life of the product, um, it means that it immediately uh, draws onto the way that your business is operating. I'll give you an example. Um, if you are a, a startup that is uh, designing a new form of container um, to avoid uh, plastic containers and more importantly, to have reusable count, 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 uh, containers. Because, um, by the way, the biggest issue with packaging is the single use of it. Um, it in, in, in some ways, 
the material in itself is less relevant than uh, the single usage aspect. So if you're a startup that is going to uh, design a reusable package uh, packaging um, solution, if we were to do a lifecycle assessment, and we've, we've, which we've done for a company, we would take one of the containers and we would look at um, it's the beginning of its life, so looking at the material style being used, the production of the container, and then we're looking at the usage of the container. And this is where your business model comes into place. The, your operations are going to be brought in because we're going to look at the way you are shipping this to your customer, the way you are sh the customers are using it, and then what happens to that uh, container afterwards. So. And, and by doing that, we are then able to identify those hotspots we, that we call, um, which are the, the areas where you have the highest impact. And by the way, LCAs for now only focus on environmental issues. For social aspects, you have to do a different kind of assessment. Just at the product level, then you're already able to identify these hotspots. And then if all of a sudden you realize, ooh, the biggest issue right now is transportation. Um, then you can think about what else can we do about transportation. Or maybe the biggest issue is the fact that we're shipping our reusable containers in larger cardboard boxes that are used only once. And no, but it's this is when yeah. you just you wouldn't you would be surprised at the the things you learn about a product you think you know so well. All of a sudden, there's this fresh look on things, um, and it really helps you understand. Where are my vulnerabilities, essentially? Because essentially, this is what is costing the, the planet and me the most. And how can, I, how can I change that? How can I improve that? So yeah, so from the product, you can quite easily extrapolate to the, to the business model. Okay, so LCA sounds like a first step of b actually building a real strategy of how to manage the impact within the company and within your product. So what are the next steps? Well, in an ideal world, it absolutely is. You're totally right. Um, because, like I mentioned, it, it helps you identify these hotspots. Um, and then I think the next step, when you, you've taken, you've looked at the product itself, is to think about more broadly, um, you sort of zoom out and you look at the um, organization uh, level and you think about what we call your, what are your material subjects? So you already have a, you're starting to have a good idea with the LCA, but you need to think more broadly um, because there is, you, you shouldn't forget that as a company, you have an impact internally within your company and then you have an impact that the company has on the outside world. And this is where if you really want to have a sustainability strategy, um, and this is when you think about, you can bring social as, uh, back in, into the mix as well, you really need to think about both aspects. So this is how you run the company, your duty of care to your employees as well. Um, and this is how the impact that you have as a company towards the outside world. But also don't forget your suppliers and your relationship <laughs> with your suppliers. Um, so yeah, there's, there's always more to look into and always that more that you can learn. Yeah, I think the supply chain is a completely separate topic that we can talk for hours Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like to understand a bit better uh, because the example you gave with reusable containers and shipping them and so on, mm -hmm. uh, this is pretty uh, pretty vivid, I would say, and uh, it's 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 happening in the in the real world. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what would be your approach in case of a more of a software solution. Uh, what do you mean by software solution? So let's say I'm building a, a SaaS mm -hmm. uh, that helps with, uh, I don't know, measuring CO2 emissions. Like, mm -hmm. would you be a making the um, the assessment of the, of the company in that case as well? Or this is like res less relevant and the focus should be elsewhere to, to measure the impact of such a company? Uh, how would you approach it? Uh, 
um, again, it depends what the, the the purpose of the of the assessment is. Yep. Um, so, if the purpose of the assessment is to have a conversation with investors um, uh, who want who you want to invest into your software, you're going to have to have to make an imp- an assessment around the impact that your product is going to have on the outside world. Okay. Um, and that I think, especially for example, as a as a software for um, if you if you are pr- proposing uh, one of those decarbonization tools, um, that's that should be relatively easy to do. I mean, this is your core business. Um, <laughs> if you if you if you're out there to calculate other people's um, you know carbon <laughs> footprint and how to to reduce that, you should be able to do it for yourself quite easily. Um, and then there is what you want to do um, uh, internally uh, for different reasons. There is um, let's not forget that more and more employees are really concerned about these issues, and especially if they're going to want to join an impact startup, which hopefully will turn into um, an established company within a few years, um, you do have to, you kind of have to, you know, stick by what you, what you preach, you know? Um, so it's, um, it's also important to show them that the way you run your business is not just about the outside world. It's also about what you do internally. Okay. Um, so you can also assess that, that, uh, that, Im- that impact, uh, internally and then make improvements. That's the big thing. And that's the thing that I, d- I want people to remember. It's really nice to do LCAs. It's really nice to evaluate your, uh, social impact as well. Um, be it through a little report or even a high level assessment that you do in the workshop, but it's not, it doesn't count for much if afterwards you do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. What really matters is what comes afterwards. Is this change process that you put in place? Um, because, and I think that's the big problem nowadays. With um, the regulations are coming, this is great. It's forcing everybody and those future startups, which hopefully will become established companies in a few years' time, will have pretty demanding um, reporting obligations from the EU. Uh, so might as well get used to it now. Um, but if you do nothing about it year on year frankly it's nice to have a report but yeah that's not definitely not going to change the world okay i see so if i'm a i have a product like a physical solutions physical service uh, we start with an lca then we discover what happens within the company and have like a broader assessment of it mm-hmm. if i have a software solution i'm probably helping someone to decrease their emissions and probably like a, a big part of my business is actually measuring it yeah uh, but it's a bit more about the outside world. But I, at the same time, I shouldn't be forgetting about um, being an example uh, as well to, to others. Uh, would you say this is also like a pre-seed uh, stage um, duty of, of, of a software startup to, to do the assessment of what how they can influence their clients? Or mm. is it difficult to say? Yeah, I mean, it depends. <laughs> I, I, think I, I can imagine. <laughs> I think in the, in, but in the specific case of the decarbonization yep. software, for example, um, I, I would imagine that already at pre-seed state, they would have an MVP. That means that they're already able to measure other companies' um, uh, um, carbon uh, footprints. So I, if they're not able to, it would be, I think, a bit of a problem if they're not able to demonstrate that impact okay. uh, to, on the outside world at that stage. Um, however, um, the way that uh, the impact that they might have on, you know, the way they run the company um, and uh, their duty of care toward their employees, um, I think that's a slightly different. That's it's definitely a, a, not something that I would expect to be measured mm-hmm. um, at a pre-seed level. But I would certainly expect that to be ingrained in the DNA of the mm-hmm. leadership team of the founding team. 
um, and understand from the get-go that there are certain um, values that you want to um, make sure are running through every activity that you have. And that starts with, you know, diversified founding team or, um, you know, for example, I think the big trap that a lot of companies, uh, startups fall into is, um, yeah, um, my friend is helping me out. Um, I don't have much uh, much fun. So my, my friend is helping me out for free. He, she's happy to do that because it's a bit of experience and everything, but I can't pay him or her now. Well, actually, but not only is it illegal in theory, in practice, you, I mean, I know it's complicated. I know, I understand that uh, founders feel they don't have a choice, but just, you know, be, be conscious that this is part of your social impact as well. And mm -hmm. this is something that, you know, you probably want to rectify sooner rather than later. Okay. So let's say the way I understand, and I understand it is that if it's relatively easy to calculate things, then at the pre-seed stage, you probably should have some numbers in place. If it's more complicated, okay, the team should at least be highly motivated to get the numbers later mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And in that case, my next question would be, what's the hardest part of making the assessment? Getting the data. Getting the data. Well, I it's. I mean, it's knowing what data you need, first okay. of all, and then collecting it. Um, and that's why the sooner you start, the earlier it's going to be. Because obviously, the sooner you start, the less data you're going to need to collect. And also, you're already in putting in place processes that you can just build on afterwards. Um, if you start thinking about it at Series A, uh, there's going to be a whole lot of uh, um, things you're going to have to get through in order to have the data that you need to have a robust assessment. Um, and also, it's about the culture. It's about you know instilling this 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 um, um, habit into into your employees to think about um, how can I me measure this? Is it relevant? Do I want to keep that information um, and then you know be able to bring it up when I need it? I completely understand. <laughs> Sometimes we have cases when we start uh, a cer certain uh, behavior or a process within our company which is not like super important at this stage, yeah. but we only do it for the sake of um, creating this habit because, okay, today may be less relevant, but in three, six, nine months, it's going to be a different story and, and the habit is in place and it's, it's, it's much easier. It's also about company culture. Mm -hmm. I think it's also about the, what kind of company do you want to run? Yeah. I'm curious also because uh, we were talking about this... Uh, hopefully not only idealistic future that <laughs> the founders will really uh, take care of, of assessing, building the strategy, really thinking uh, about uh, the, the impact that they create. But from the perspective of the investor, um, I think what is happening right now is that a lot of investors are really focusing on ESG, on really getting the reports. Mm -hmm. But would you say there is something after getting the report and putting the numbers together, uh, is it already happening that the investors are actively supporting founders on building and executing the strategy or we're not there yet? So uh, it's an excellent question. And I think uh, one big trap that uh, some investors might fall into is to essentially make demands on the startups, um, demand data, demand reporting, um, but essentially not provide any support to the startups. And that's really not helpful. This is not what startups uh, need at an early stage. Um, so I think ideally investors need to support the startups through that process, definitely. And I think we see more and more um, companies like yours, uh, which are very much focused on, on impact investment, but not, it's not just about putting, putting the money in certain companies. You do have to support them through your network, 
um, you know, in any way that you can. Um, and for example, I mean, we ha we we do a project a year with every one of our startups. Um, so we've done an LCA for one of them. Um, we are thinking about a, a social impact assessment for another one. Um, and this is part of our investment. We are impact investors and we want to really help um, the startups that we, we support lift them up to the next level. Um, be it so that they can communicate that to their customers or they can it can help the relation the, the conversations with next investors. So in an ideal world, everybody should be doing it for sure. <laughs> uh, in practice, I think it's going to take a, yeah, a bit of it. Fingers crossed for that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think we see VCs, for example, there are um, and um, in Berlin alone, there are VCs out there. There are, um, uh, I think it's part of the evaluation process before they invest. They do an LCA and they make sure that the impact is sufficiently high. Um, so it's essentially, you know, we're not just looking at the financial bottom line anymore. Um, and that's very encouraging. Um, as long as there's that support behind it, that's all of a sudden startups don't feel complete, like they're drowning in this additional um, activity that they don't really know um, how to deal with. I have a question a bit uh, uh, as well about like later stages. So mostly we covered the, the pre-seed stage and the expectations uh, and then uh, the VCs come mm. at the seed stage, Series A and so on. I wonder how the impact assessment changes uh, over time. Is it more of like an iterative process and we just add up to what we have as of now or at a certain point we need a revolution, we need to start over? No. It's definitely an incremental process. Okay. You can always build from the, the previous steps. Um, and that's why it makes sense to uh, set the building blocks from the get-go uh, as early on as possible. And essentially, as you grow, the assessment is only going to grow with your, uh, with your company because um, uh, as you grow, you're going to have, uh, you know, the scale of your, of your act operations uh, is going to increase. And impact is essentially scope times scale. So it's... Um, you know, how many more people are you impacting? Um, how are you impacting them? The quality of that impact. Um, so the, this assessment just grows with you mm -hmm. uh, in a way. And then um, it can be as detailed as you want it to be. Then that's entirely at your discretion, obviously. And the quality of it is obviously, again, another <laughs> issue. Um, but I think what changes really with larger, with larger startups, with more mature startups, is I feel that, um, you know, as a, as a, as a young startup, they, uh, as a young impact startup, um, they disrupted a little bit the world that we know in, and that's what, that's what we need them for. Uh, and we need more and more of them. But as they grow uh, bigger and more mature, I think their responsibility then is to show a different way of doing business. And this is when not only do you keep track of your impact, um, but like I was saying early on, you learn from it. So from one year to the other, you figure out, okay, what can I improve? What can I do better? And what happens if I communicate that to the outside world, to my suppliers and to my customers? Got it. So may maybe following up on, on what you've just said, um, we have the assessment in place. We've gone through different stages of, of, of the development of the company. And uh, having those numbers and those assessments, it's not enough. It's a matter of making it uh, a part of our daily practice. Um, could you say a few words about more of a like a long long term uh, imp uh, sustainability strategy that a company should have in place? Uh, so what what happens after the initial LCA ha uh, takes place, and what what's what's what we can expect later on? Yeah. Um. So this is in an ideal world, you no longer have a sustainability department. 
you have sustainability throughout all departments. And that means, because essentially what is sustainability? Sustainability is driven by efficiency. It's about, you know, the efficient use of your resources. And I'm not talking in a way that, you know, you will, you know, squeeze every drop out of your employees until um, they drop. It's about, you know, balancing um, the effort that people put in, but also, um, you know, the efficiency of the resources that you, you use from a material point of view. Um, so why, why wouldn't that be a concern of every department in your company, whether it's logistics, whether it's R&D, whether it's personnel? This should be running across the entire, the entire company. So, yeah, in an ideal world, uh, you have a sustainability strategy that is directly linked to your um, business strategy. Um, you have your, just like you do your financial audit, you do your sustainable, sustainability audits at the end of the year. And just like with financial numbers, you're trying to improve on those numbers every year. Um, and this is not a responsibility of one person in the company. This is uh, a responsibility of, uh, of a representative of every department. And um, ideally, it's, it's something that comes from the top that the board and the CEO and board are invested in um, and understand that in order to drive a successful business and a sustainable business, and I mean sustainable in the long run, um, this is what you need to do. Um, unfortunately, I think there are very few companies who <laughs> understand, it from the, uh, yeah. understand it in this way. But I do hope that we'll see more and more companies um, uh, being run in that manner. I really think things are changing. Um, I'd like, at least I'd like to think about it. I'd like to think so, because when you look at, um, you know, just look at the la latest IPCC report and when you hear that we have three years left for emissions to peak and after that it'll be too late, um, you do want to stay optimistic. Otherwise, uh, frankly, you know, what's going to make you get up in the morning? Since there are not that many startups that are doing that or many companies, I think uh, one of the problems is like the general lack of information on how to actually do that like you know practical steps practical how i can build a strategy for my hr department for example do you know any benchmarks that you can maybe share any great examples or maybe some sources that the founder can take a look at the internet or go to some some place where to actually find like really uh, go to go to action um, advices that's a tough one because it's a little bit uh, difficult to, to, to think that um, there is an answer for that fits all type of thing. Of course, yeah. um, however, I think it's more a case of um, methodology. And uh, essentially, it's about when you run your company, um, you, um, you need to think about project management. And, you know, it's essentially breaking down your company in different projects and how you manage them. Um, and in many ways, uh, your sustainability transformation is also a, a, is a part of project management. So I would suggest that founders think about, um, uh, well, one, one helpful methodology maybe is the theory of change. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but yeah, of <laughs> course. So essentially, you think about what your ultimate impact is, what you want it to be, and then you work backwards from that and you think about what, it, the in, what inputs you need, what activities you need, and then you start forecasting your outcomes and and your impact based on that um that might be you can do that very simply at the beginning you don't have to be you don't need to do it in a very elaborated manner but that is one way to again it's building blocks that i was talking about early on it's one way to start including that in every step of the of your of your um the growth of your company um 
ask for specific tools? Um, I mean, do you mean in terms of already measuring your impact? Um, I actually I don't know what I mean by the my <laughs> but the question. <laughs> I was like trying to find a way, like uh, where to. Uh, for example, there's a founder who would like to start mm. doing that. Like which direction he should look. Like where to push him. Where to. Uh, where to start with like okay I don't know if the impact I'm generating I have like general overview but mm. is it big is it not big like how where can I find information that will give me some context to what I'm doing in the context of all the industry for example yeah I mean what's big impact what's small impact everything's relative um, sorry I know this is not very helpful I really sound <laughs> like a politician it's terrible <laughs> but uh, um, maybe let's see if we can think of a specific can, example I can maybe clarify from my end. Like uh, the way you describe it, I see it as on one hand we have the financials of, and this is something that is deeply embedded in every organization. Like everyone is tracking their revenue, profits, and so on. At least they should be probably. Yeah. <laughs> and now there is the the sustainability aspect emerges as a as a, like a second type of accounting that we should be doing, mm -hmm. like accounting to some yeah. extent, right? And here there is obviously like a, this is an industry in itself helping companies to manage their finances. And here, I think it's still a bit of not so well developed and those best practices are not established. Mm -hmm. There are no, the, like, uh, an easy way to, to do it. There is there is no standard balance sheets uh, or P&L analysis. It's, it's kind of wild, wild west, uh, unless you, you can point <laughs> us to something that would be helpful. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant, yeah. Uh, well, there are international standards that exist out there. Um, and... Uh, I mean, an LCA, for example, is is uh, is a very um, it's a rigorous uh, scientific approach, and uh, there are softwares that exist. But all of these require some element, some level of training and some level of knowledge. I mean, none of it is rocket science, frankly, but it does take uh, it does require you dedicating some time uh, learning how to do this uh, in order to do it properly. So I would definitely not recommend that startups, unless it's a, um, you know a member of the team already has uh, existing knowledge of it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend starting to think about this. Uh, not certainly not in early stages. It's it's too big an investment time investment um, at the beginning. Um, so I think the simple things you can do is again think about uh, think about your core activities and um, make assumptions at the beginning. What else can you do for each activity? You're going to think about well. You know, if I'm going back to the container and the reusable container production, um, well, uh, you know, you're using, for example, two key materials. You're going to use uh, um, some kind of metal, most likely um, stainless steel, um, and maybe a plastic for the rim. So you're thinking already about, well, I'm going to have an impact um, in terms, I'm going to, like, CO2 emissions are going to be relevant. Uh, it's most likely not produced nearby. Um, production of stainless steel requires is quite energy intensive so okay you're going to have your co2 bucket and you start having um identifying just the thing that the most obvious elements the most obvious um uh, uh topics um uh, as we call it and then if you can you start um um thinking about KPIs. Um, so if you want to focus only about co2 emissions there are softwares online that that are free that gives you a high-level idea of what the impact of um, a stainless steel container might be, and then you can start extrapolating from that. This is very imperfect, <laughs> for sure. Um, but um, again, going back to project management um, 
skills. This is just about breaking down your activities and and fig- and looking at it from a the lens of of sustainability. So it seems the best tool you can use is a logic. So exactly. use logic people. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and or then you know, ask for help. Um, and uh, you know, there I'm sure there are more than yeah, there are more people like us out there. Um, we're always there to help startups um and other companies. And I'm sure there are more. Um, so yeah, just ask questions. Yeah, that's always a good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my conclusion as well. Yeah. Onboard an investor like Marie, yeah. and it's it's gonna sell itself. I wish I, I wish I had more money to invest in more companies. That's for sure. Trust me. <laughs> okay, um, I think we explored all the topics for today. Thank you so much, Marie, for for being of of us. It was a very interesting conversation. Lots of very useful informations. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and stay tuned for the next episodes.